What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance YouTube channel, and uh, welcome to the podcast listeners as well. I might be adding this as a podcast, uh, depending on how much time I spent talking in this video. So welcome to you guys, too, if you're listening on that side. And uh, today, we're going to be going over the M1 Finance portfolio again. This is a brand new beginner portfolio. I'm going to go over the performance for the past couple of weeks since I've started the portfolio, and then I'm going to touch on some stuff for beginner investors united. I don't want to miss this. So the M1 Finance, the three fund portfolio or the strategy that I've dubbed the Mucky 3, uh, we're going to go ahead and first of all, look at the three funds and then I'm going to talk about the performance for them. Not that this is very important. It's so short term, but I just want to kind of cover that. And I want to talk about risk for beginner investors. That's the going to be today's topic. So as far as the three funds we have here, VTI is our number one holding. It makes up 60% of this portfolio. So far, we've actually lost some money in VTI, uh, 0.61% for a negative return of 47 cents. Not a big deal. The second holding is VTWV. This is the Vanguard Russell 2000 value small cap index. Uh, this one is actually doing really good. It's up 4.18% for a total gain of a dollar and six cents. And that one also makes up 20% of our portfolio. And last but not least, the Vanguard Total International Stock Market Index Fund or ETF. I keep saying index fund. You guys can know, you guys know I've been filming index funds left and right. Uh, v, VXUS. And that one is up as well for the for the month. It's up 0.12% uh, for a total gain of three cents, and it also makes up 20% of our portfolio. So this is a portfolio that I started February 4th, right here. You can see February 4th, 2021. I started with zero dollars, and so far I put in 154 dollars and 74 cents of my own money. And that money has grown $3.15 to now be worth $157.89. And of course, as I say these numbers, I'm, uh, you guys might be thinking, what's so impressive about this? This is nothing, right? And that's exactly the point that I want to make. This is nothing. Uh, anybody can do this, okay? And, and by me starting this from zero and showing you how I'm doing it, I really hope that it encourages you guys and motivates you guys to do it on your own as well. So I'm not saying you have to invest in these funds. I'm not saying you have to have M1 Finance. I'm not saying you have to invest every single week or every single month. What I'm saying is you need to start. You need to start somewhere. If it's M1 Finance, all you need is 100 bucks to start. Uh, some brokerages, you don't even need 100 okay? But when you get started, it's important that you make the right decisions early on and that you don't get taken down a path where you take on a whole bunch of risk for no performance. So what I'm going to talk about today is going to be how much risk can a beginner investor take on. So here I am. Let's pretend that this is my first, this is of course not my first portfolio, but let's just pretend I am 25 years old and I'm not, I wish I was, but I'm not. And here I am. I just saw some YouTube video about investing from this guy's channel. I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Right. So I opened up this and I put it in 150 bucks. What risk have I just taken by starting this portfolio? 
well, I put in $150, you could say that's risk, right? That money that I put in could potentially uh, be cut in half tomorrow. I don't know. Nobody knows what the stock market can do um, in the short term. Let's say that uh, my risk is that I lose 50% of my portfolio value. So if I lost 50% and I, I was down to $75 in this portfolio, does that change anything for me? The answer for me is no, and I hope the answer for every single one of you is no. This portfolio being cut in half right now at this value changes nothing except I might be encouraged to buy more. Unfortunately, what happens, and this is one of these pitfall mistakes I want you to avoid, is some people don't understand that stocks don't always go up. So they invest, whether they're invested in ETFs, index funds, or stocks, or whatever you're invested in, you put in your 150 and your 150 turns to 140 and you run for the door. Instead, what I want you to do and the mentality that I want you to have is when you see your portfolio go down, so for example, look at VTI. VTI is down, right? It's down 47 cents. What am I going to do? Am I going to sell? Am I going to buy? What am I going to do? No. <laughs> what I want you to do is do nothing. And I know that's so hard. It's so hard to just look at numbers on a screen, a red number, a green number, and, and not to get over here and do something. Because this this even, even if you think you're smart, right, this tells you I got to buy more. I, I'm going to hit the buy button. Or this tells you, oh, I made money. I'm going to hit the sell button. Just do nothing. And the reason I say is do nothing. And of course, I say that a little bit in a joking way. Of course, I want you to take advantage of, of big corrections in the market. But what I'm saying is, when you get on your strategy, so whether you want to use this three fund strategy, uh, or you want to make your own, or you just want to use VTI, or, or hopefully you don't just want to do individual stocks, that's the only one I would say don't do. And of course, active management, right off the bat, I would never recommend individual stocks, I would never recommend active management. Too much risk, not enough return. But if you go with any sort of index fund strategy, I don't think you can lose. I really don't. Um, there's no such thing as a guarantee in investing, but your best odds or the chances for you to make money, your best chance to make money is with index funds. Um, but again, whichever strategy you go with, and you start putting money in, I want you to get on a program where it's automated. So what automation does, and this is why I love M1 Finance, but you can automate with Fidelity, you can automate with a lot of different brokerages, which is nice, um, is you pick a set amount every single week, every single month, bi-weekly, however you want to do it. Um, when I started, I always did it bi-weekly with my paycheck. So on payday, I would transfer X amount of dollars into my brokerage account. That's exactly what I want you to guys do. Don't hang out down here too long um, because this stuff will drive you crazy and you're going to make the wrong mistake. Auto invest. And if you start seeing these step step ladders like this, this means you're auto investing. So every month, for my case, every week I'm doing uh, $25. So I just step up, step up, step up. And eventually, once you zoom out, these are, these steps are going to get shorter and shorter, and you're just going to be stepping up the ladder. This balance is going to be going higher and higher and higher. That's known as dollar cost averaging. And I think for a beginner investor, that strategy of dollar cost averaging, putting in 25 bucks, start with me, right? If you don't have a portfolio right now, or if you're researching, or if you if you're researching different brokerages, or you're researching different portfolio ideas. Once you get that sorted out and you decide which one you want to go, start with me. And I'm going to be here every single week. I'm going to be that kind of voice of reason for you that's going to tell you it's okay, don't panic, or basically just do nothing. So 
you're going to see this portfolio value grow. I haven't designated yet where I'm going to be allocating this portfolio to. It is just a regular taxable account, so I got to be very careful. Of course, uh, once this starts earning dividends, uh, again, I'm going to be paying taxes on that, and that's just another whole nother headache that, you know, once you have multiple brokerage accounts, it really gets difficult to kind of handle all that. So that's another thing is uh, for beginner investors, of course, the risk part, hopefully I drove that point home, uh, but also be very careful in, in opening taxable accounts. Make sure you have all of your tax advantage accounts covered first before you enter a strategy like this. So if your Roth is not maxed out, you have no business doing a taxable account, get your Roth maxed out. If you have a 401k through your employer and you're not maxing out your 401k, you have no business opening a taxable account until your 401k is maxed out. If you qualify for HSA, make sure your HSA is maxed out before you get into this strategy. I just want to be clear here that this taxable account that I'm doing here, I'm, I've just started it. So again, I do have a taxable account that I'm uh, planning to use in early retirement. That's the Fidelity one that I show you that's got about 20000 in it. Uh, this one... I don't know yet. So it's still small enough. Who cares? Uh, I'll figure it out later. It's really uh, for the YouTube channel right now. I do like creating these public portfolios that I show you on the channel. It helps me actually. It's a way I use, even though I'm a little bit more of an experienced investor now, it's a way that I use to hold myself accountable. When when you guys see uh, what I do, when I have to show you what I do, I'm more likely to stay the course. I'm more likely to take my own advice uh, than when uh, you don't see. And this is funny enough that the public portfolio, the Fidelity one, I've actually had better returns on that one than my private portfolios. And I don't know why that is. Well, I kind of have an inkling of why that is. And I think it's that whole accountability thing. Um, when I'm held accountable and I have to come here every month and show you my portfolio, I make sure uh, you know, my game is on point versus when I'm in the background, uh, just kind of doing my own thing on my private portfolios. And of course, nobody knows what I have in there, or, you know, if I'm trading or what I'm doing. And then of course, I'm not trading. I'm not saying that I'm trading. But with those, I tend to I feel like I tend to take a lot more risk versus the stuff that I show you is the stuff that um, I think is safer. And again, there's no such thing as a guarantee and you're not safe when you're invested in the stock market. I can promise you that. Uh, but it's stuff that uh, is, is sound investing, if you will. It's I'm not going to try to lead anybody down a, a wrong path. Right. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be pushing a penny stock down your throat and telling you to buy it uh, or, or any of the kind of crazy stuff that I see on YouTube. So I don't do that kind of stuff. Just know that when I show you something, uh, it's a finished product that I've spent a lot of time researching, analyzing, um, back testing, just making sure everything that I see on here is stuff that I would recommend to a family member, to a friend. And that's how I see you guys. I want to take care of the Mucky Finance community as if you guys were my own family members. So when I when I show you this stuff, I'm not showing you this stuff to, to get views on YouTube or to get listens on my podcast. I'm showing you guys this stuff because I really, really deeply care about educating people on investing. So let me get off my high horse spiel there. Let's get back into the investment talk. So again, if you are a beginner investor, you want to follow this, this is going to be the strategy. These are going to be the three funds that I'm going to deploy. Now, I was thinking about doing these every single week, but then I'm like, man, this might get a little bit repetitive because it's going to be the same advice every week. Dollar cost average, you're 25 bucks or however much you're doing. 
into three funds like this and just set it and forget it but there is some stuff that's been happening in the market too so i figured i'd pair that with this video so the first thing i want to talk about is the gamestop saga man this stuff will not go away these guys over there on reddit are taking it to the man so <laughs> gamestop is back uh, i think it went up like a hundred percent after market uh, after hours yesterday when the market closed but uh, let's see what is going on with gamestop right now uh, it looks like they halted trading again so Oh my God, these GameStop people, they, uh, they're, I don't even know anymore. Please, guys, if you're following my channel, uh, do not do not get involved in this. This is a bunch of noise in the market. Um, I, do like, I do like reading the market news, but I do not like participating or being part of the market news. So I don't uh, participate in that. I'm going to urge you guys not to either. A couple of other things that I've seen here is we just kind of take a look at our three uh, major indexes here. S&P 500, Dow Jones, and the NASDAQ, QQQ. Um, so this is how I kind of track or gauge what the market's doing. And as a recent, uh, and if you want to think about what this is, uh, this is more like large cap growth. This is more like large cap blend, but a little bit of large cap value. And this is definitely large cap blend. And as of recent, we've been seeing a shift out of large cap growth and a shift into large cap value. And of course, blend is kind of going to be somewhere in the middle because it has growth and value. But there's been some happenings here. And uh, one of them that I want to talk about is ARK Invest. ARK Invest is, uh, is, is one that I warned people on. I put out a video at the beginning of, I think it was in January when uh, I don't remember the stock price. It was somewhere in here. And of course, right after I put my video, it goes on this massive run and I look like a fool, right? But um, ARK Invest, uh, what I told people in that video is ARK Invest is not going to continue the performance that it's had long term. And I said, be very careful if you're buying into this, uh, understand why you're buying into this and be ready to hold it. So if you're someone who's up here on at the beginning of the month and you're thinking this was a great time to be an investor and ARK Invest is doing wonderful things, well, here it is, guys. You just had a nice little drop. The question is, do you sell do you buy more or do you do nothing? And that's something I can't help you answer because I don't believe in this fund. Um, you're going to have to answer that. You're going to have to figure out what to do. But that those are those real life scenarios that I talk about. I mean, for me and uh, in investing in index funds, I don't see these types of returns often. Maybe small cap value does this. Uh, but as far as the total market, the S&P or the total international, you're typically seeing losses of half a percent to a percent um, if you get losses. And then again, on the upside, you don't see gains of five or six percent. You're seeing half a percent to, to a percent. So it's a lot more smoother. Um, this, again, to me is not a good investment. But hey, that's just me. The other one, too, that I want to talk about, which I thought was really funny, is this uh, IPO ETF. I like to pick apart some stupid stuff. Um, this, to me, is stupid. So this IPO ETF uh, by Renaissance it has an expense ratio of 0.6%. Uh, it's the new claim to fame. IPOs are beating the S&P 500. So this is a renaissance capital. Uh, of course, they have a ticker symbol, IPO, which we're just looking at right now with this massive expense ratio. And um, uh, let's take a look at some of this stuff. And this, this stuff to me is just so funny as I was breaking it down. So look at their top five holdings. Uber, Zoom, Pinterest, CrowdStrike, Peloton. <laughs> I mean, look at some of these percentage weightings. They have 49 holdings. Some people call this diversification. I call this stupidity. Um, here's the here's the claim to fame, right? So 
this is <laughs> this is their performance for the past year. So here's the black line S and P 500. Uh, the blue line is the IPO, and uh, you can tell here you are smart. You are smart. You can get in 107 percent, and you know people are like, oh, you know, yeah, you know, I'm getting 107 percent or 99 percent, whatever you're getting here. Um, you're beating out the S and P 500, and this this claim to fame that. Um, and look at these metrics they use for performance, which I think is also really funny. So they use a three month, a year to date, a one year, and, uh, you know, they're, they're showing how, uh, their, their IPO, uh, index, uh, beats up on the S and P 500. Let me go further down here, see what else they got. Yeah, they got a five year, uh, they've beaten up the S and P 500. And then since inception, uh, they're beating up the S and P 500. So, you know, this is something again. Beginner investors, guys, stay away from this. I'm going to show you how to catch how to catch these traps. So, when you see numbers like this, you need to run. Let me repeat that again. When you see numbers like 34 percent, 110 percent, 35 percent, you need to run. And here, I'm going to explain to you why. So over here, they're showing you something that's very nice. They're showing you a a history of outperformance. But then. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the actual all time. Um, and I haven't verified this. I'm using the Renaissance Capital um, uh, website information. So don't quote me on this. I don't know if they're skewing this. Hopefully they're not. I'm, I'm sure this data was verified by them before they would put this up. Uh, but it could be skewed in their favor. Anyways, here's the history of the IPO versus uh, the S&P 500 and you could see for the most part the S&P 500 which is that blue line is doing better except right here so this is March 23rd this is the pivotal date that that was the bottom of the market and since then this IPO stuff has skyrocketed while the S&P 500 has continued in its positive uptrend but at a very slow pace might I say a normal average pace this always beats the S&P 500, at least the way this data is presented. Uh, when I'm telling you since March 23rd, this IPO has beaten the S&P 500, but what happened uh, What happened here? So since inception, <laughs> since inception here, there was outperformance by the S&P 500. This entire time, the S&P 500 had been outperforming this fund. And all of a sudden, they get a little bit of a push here after the crash. And because it's been an IPO frenzy in the past year, it honestly has. And the claim to fame is historically the IPOs beat the S&P 500. That's the kind of misinformation that I'm, I'm out here to help you guys uncover. So the fact that they can present data and numbers like this and really misrepresent what really happens is, is kind of disturbing for me. And this is why I tell you expense ratios are very important. Uh, expense ratios, again, they're not the only uh, thing that I consider, but they're going to be very important. So uh, again, it's a different story when they're charging you 0.03%, three basis points, and when they're charging you 60 basis points. Um, the crazy part is if you're young enough as an investor and you're paying 60 basis points, depending on how much um, money you save and how much your portfolios appreciate. But on average, over your investing lifetime, if you're somebody who's uh, who's good at accumulating wealth, uh, let's say at the average person and you're able to save in your 401k and your Roth IRAs and all that, uh, all that good stuff in your tax advantage accounts, a 0.6 expense ratio could cost you half a million dollars over that 40, 45 year time horizon. And you're going to underperform in the long run. 
You, I just showed you, and I'll go back here, and these guys claim to fame. <laughs> I just can't, it's so funny to me. The claim to fame is they beat the S&P 500. I mean, look at this stuff, guys. Three months, year to date. This is some important stuff. They're beating the S&P 500. One year mark, 110%. This is the fun to be in. Beats the S&P 500. As a matter of fact, generally IPOs underperform the market by about 2% because of all the havoc and frenzy and all the buildup to the IPOs. They end up IPOing to the public, to the retail investor at marked up prices. Institutions get into these IPOs at a much, much better pricing. Uh, they get to actually buy the IPOs before they go public. And when they do go public, as we've seen with Airbnb, Snowflake, uh, all these other companies, uh, usually there are prices that are astronomical and evaluations that are not sustainable. Uh, a lot of these IPOs, guys, understand the companies go public because they need cash. They're, they're probably a growth company that is uh is strapped for cash and for it to continue to grow uh, they need more cash so uh just uh, just a few other things there that i wanted to point out that i think was pretty funny that i just, I just thought it was pretty funny uh myself but uh that's all i got for this uh sort of update again i wanted to keep it a little bit light keep it, talking about the portfolio a little bit and then give you some stock market news and kind of stuff that i see that uh, i just want to help new investors avoid these traps of of out thinking that it's so easy to get 110 percent um it come on it's it just it doesn't happen it doesn't work that way i know this fund has returned 110 percent in the past year but how many of you invested in this fund a year ago probably zero less than zero probably less than one percent most of you probably watching my youtube channel uh haven't so again this is just another one of those fads ipos come and go spacs come and go uh, all this stuff comes and goes, but when when we really want to talk about investing, we need to be talking about the long-term uh, time horizons of 20, 30, 40, 50 years, not time horizons of three months, one year, five years, even 10 years, I want to say is a short time horizon. Well, it's kind of a safer time horizon than five years or three years. It's still not a good snippet because we've seen stuff happen in decades uh, that is not the norm. And I've shown you guys many times in my decade analysis where I go decade by decade, you've seen decades where stupid stuff happens, uh, but it's not the norm. So thanks so much for watching. I uh, really appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, make sure you guys, again, if you didn't hit that thumbs up button, hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe if you're not. Help me get to 4,000. Check out the links down below. I still have some time before the end of the month to sign up for M1 Finance. If you want to use my referral link, they're going to be giving away, uh, once you open a new account and deposit $100, they're going to be giving you an additional $30. Also, if you want to schedule a one-on-one -on -one call with me, uh, use the contact email down below in the description to send me an email. Have a great rest of your day, guys, and remember, move obstacles. Keep investing.